This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with her. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years of marriage has never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer, we can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it, I probably already did it Consider it done Consider it done If you need some inspiration, you should play this Championship Leadership Podcast Hey, what's up, everybody? Nate Bailey here, Championship Leadership Podcast, and today we got a treat for you. Gary Brackett, the Indianapolis Colts, middle linebacker back in their uh, their heyday in the 2000s, um, went to two Super Bowls, won one, lost one, and played on some incredible teams, coached under Tony Dungy, uh, incredibly successful man inside of uh, the business world, as an entrepreneur, owns uh, some corporate franchise stores uh, for a restaurant called Stacked Pickle. He's a coach. He's got the Championship uh, Champions Academy, uh, his coaching platform. He's out speaking. He's out making a difference. Like everything that he did and how he uh, excelled on the football field, he has continued on as a man, a father, a husband, as and as a business owner. And so with that, I'm just so excited, like such, such a good time, uh, such a humble man, such an incredible man, such a great leader, and it was just an excellent episode. So with that, I can't wait to introduce you to Gary Brackett. Hey, what's up, everybody? Championship Leadership Podcast here. I'm excited. I got the Super Bowl champ, Gary Brackett out of uh, Indianapolis live with us here today. Uh, I had a chance to meet him at our VIP 50 event just a few days ago in Dallas, Texas. Uh, he presented, he did an amazing job and, and uh, just so glad to have you here. I know you're a busy man, so thank you for taking time to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yeah, so I, I always start the podcast off with championship leadership. What, what comes to mind for you? Uh, what, what's present for you when you hear championship leadership? What's that mean to you? Man, I think it's something that you got to live daily. Um, I just believe, you know, in my life, I've been blessed. I've been, you know, captains, leaders of championship teams. And one of the things that I kind of live by is this whole notion of the speed of the leader determines the rate of the pack. 
Yeah. And when you're in a position of leadership, um, it's something that's not something that you do sometimes. It's something that you do all the time. <laughs> and it's not convenient. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. And yes, you're not going to want to. But when you commit to be a leader, you commit to be a leader 100% of the time. And that's what I think about championship and leadership. Yeah, that's uh, it's an all the time thing, right? Like, which is uh, it's a big responsibility. But for a championship leader, it's probably not really that big of a deal. It's just kind of who you are. Um, but had you experienced that, you know, coming up, playing college football, playing high school football, college football, prof- professionally in the NFL? Like, did you see some leaders that uh, that were championship level and, and some that maybe weren't weren't quite to that level? No, absolutely. And, and this crazy part is, like, that's the difference of winning and losing. Yeah. Like, if you – I mean, coaching with now businesses and different teams um, – I go speak to the leaders and I could tell whether that not that team is going to be successful or not. Yeah. And when that leadership and championship team are led by guys that are optimistic and we're going to find a way, no matter what we're facing, no matter what type of adversity is, we're going to find a way. Um, those teams usually find a way, but then you have leaders that the deck is stacked and then just making excuses. Oh, but we got practice. Can you believe they made us run after practice again? <laughs> Right, and it's like, wait a minute, you're a leader, you're supposed to be the front of the road. Like, what, what are we talking yeah. about? Um, for those type of teams, I'm like, man, they're gonna struggle because yeah. if this is your leader, then, um, man, you're, you're gonna be in a tough spot. Yeah, who who are some of the uh, the, the coaches, the mentors that you've looked up to or that have really made an impact on you as a person, as a player, as a leader, as a business owner now? Um, yeah, who are some, maybe one or two that really, really stick out in your mind and that maybe you are there for you uh, today? Um, Coach um, Mark Denarfield, he was a 34th um, pick in the Green Bay Packers. He's a linebacker, yeah. linebacker, U Penn State guy. He actually tore his hamstring off the bone at NFL, um, so oh. his career got cut short. So then he was, uh, he was my middle linebacker coach. Okay. We played the game in Rutgers, man. It, it was some character-building days, right? We did not win yeah. Game. <laughs> but we lost one game, no lie. It was like 70 to like 14, we lost this game in West Virginia. And during the game, after the game, we would watch film together. And we're watching film, and it's like third quarter, we're down 40. And then I loafed. I loafed. Yeah. I didn't want to play, right? I thought the guy yeah. was down. He wasn't. He spent out, ran for a touchdown. And here I am just standing and watching. And he stops the play, and he asks me, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. And I began, man, the guy over there went down 40. They just <laughs> – like, what What does that have to do with you? Yeah. Not Like, the only thing you can control is what you can control. And if I was a head coach, if I was your former girlfriend, and I and I looked at that play, I'm like, this guy's a loser. This guy quits when things get tough. Yeah. And from that, um, and, and from that moment on, it's one of those situations like, you know, I'm never out. Like, if I'm still alive, if I'm still breathing, I'm still fighting. Yeah. Uh, that's the mentality I kind of learned from him. And then Coach Dungy, I played with Hall of Fame coach Coach Dungy for yeah. uh, seven seasons in Indianapolis. And um, he was our head coach, but also was a defensive focus coach. So it would be a point in time that I go to the sideline. And he had this notion of never get too high, never get too low. And always be even killed. And as a leader, he was like, manage your emotions. Like the guys are counting on you to manage your emotions, and and as you go out there and lead, those guys are are are, 
are, are getting their energy from you. So be conscious of your energy when you go inside the huddle. And that's the thing always stuck to me. Like every time I go into the room, I'm also I'm always conscious of my energy. Because cause believe it or not, energy is transferable. Mm-hmm. And, if, and it's, um, if you have negative energy, right, that's transferable to everyone else in the room. If you have positive energy, it's the same thing. So that's why I always try to lead with, uh, with positive energy. Yeah, talk a little bit about that because that's really interesting, especially in a game like football where, I mean, you got some guys running around hyped up all the time. And, um, you know, how, how, how do you do that? Like never get too high, never get too low. But I, mean, I remember you – I don't know, maybe motor is like a different thing. Larry, I just remember you like covering, you were all over the field. Yeah. And uh, you got to have a certain level of energy to be able to do that for sure. So, yeah, what's that balance? How, how hard is that, you know, t- to, uh, to control that? So it, it's like these, um, not, not, not saying never get too high, never get too low. It, it, it's like, it, it really should be never stay too high and never yeah. stay too low, right? Yeah. Because there's moments in the game where I was an excitable player, right? If I made a play, my buddy made a play, I, we're going to go celebrate. For sure. Right? But, all right, that play is over. we got to line back up. So, for me, it was just like one of those situations where I just managed my emotions where if a bad play were to happen, if I had a tough conversation with someone, like, all right, now let's go to work. I still believe in you. Let's go to work. And I think the challenge with most championship leaders are I, I, I talk to people like I'm having a bad day. I'm like, wow, like, wow, what happened to your day? This morning, man, this happened. Okay, like, what happened to the rest of your day? Nothing. Yeah. I'm like, so how are you having a – like, you let that 10-minute conversation, that 10-minute incident affect yeah. the rest of your 20 – like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. So I never have a bad day. I have bad moments. Yeah. I have conversations. But I never treated to a bad day because I get to dictate, you know, how I'm going to – what type of energy I'm going to have. So for me, it just – you know, recognizing for what it was, dealing with it at that moment, but then going to the next, you know, opportunity. Yeah, that's that's critical. And not, you know, that's probably one of the big distinctions between a, a championship leader and, and, and someone that isn't is being able to handle, it's, it's like, it's adversity, right? I mean, it's just like, we're going to get hit. We're going to get knocked back every now and then. But like, what are you going to do after that? Is it, gonna, is it going to affect you the rest of the game, the rest of your day? or not and what you're saying is like hey man that's just part of life that happens part of the game Um, what you know talk to me so you played in two super bowls right and Mm -hmm. and uh you lost the first no we won the first you won the first okay you won the first lost the second so i had those mixed up what uh just talk about like some of the because whether you win or you lose that's part of life too um, and on the world's biggest stage, just so happens that millions of people are watching. And so every, every little thing that you do is highlighted. But, like, what are some lessons that hopefully you, you would extracted to make you a better man, father, husband, business owner outside of the game of football? Like, what are some things that you've really taken from probably two of the biggest games of your life that help you to move forward today? Yeah, so it's, for me, it was this thing, right? And we all have this mountain that we want to climb. Yeah. First thing I've learned, that there's no shortcuts, right? There's no elevator. Yeah. Right? Everyone has to go up this path, and it's going to be challenging. And what the beautiful part is, what you recognize when you get to the top, the top is not the glorious part. The glorious part 
is is the journey. And so many people discount the journey and think, oh man, when I get to the top, right? When I get when I get this new business, that's when I'm gonna find my purpose and I'm gonna be happy. Uh, when we get married, that's when we're gonna be happy. We're miserable together as a couple, but when we get married, everything's gonna change. <laughs> right. Yeah? Oh no, no. We're we're now we're married and we're still we don't see eye to eye. But when we have that baby, yeah. that's when we're really gonna fall in love. And, it, and we just keep on waiting for that next opportunity. It's like, no, it's the journey in which you have to enjoy. And so many of us don't enjoy the journey, don't enjoy the small little things. And for me, it just, you know, that really gave me, and then, and then also realizing like, it's the championship habits that you build along the way. Those are the things that are repeatable mm. and also sustainable. But um, so, so after I left the game of football, it was easy for me, you know, I'm no longer, tackling or doing a spin move or, or, or chopping, right? Yeah. But, um, but the mentality is the same. And that's to over-prepare. That's to set myself up for, for success. That's to communicate the game plan and review the game plan and pivot when needed. So all those things that you learn in football, you just apply to your personal life. And it's funny because so many people, when I speak to them, they don't have game plans. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you, you know, you go to the great coaches. It's like their first 15 plays are scripted. Yeah. You're right. The, the entire you, we have a whole chart that says on third down, when this happens, this is what we're going to call. This is what we're going to do. And some people in life and you coach a lot of them and you ask them, all right, third down, you know, they're 15. What's the call? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you don't know. The, you don't know. the call. Like, yeah. like, all right, what's your favorite defense? What you, I, I don't know. Uh huh. And the first thing that I, when I work with people and I coach people and the things that I talk about in my course is just like, the first thing we have to identify is your game plan. Like, what's your purpose? What's your mission statement? What's your values? Why are they for your family? Right? What, what are things? And, in, and a lot of times when people find out, it's not money. A lot of people think their purpose is money. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do? I don't make a bunch of money. And I, I promise you, like, yeah, I don't, I don't subscribe to the notion that money doesn't make you happy. You're a lot happier with money than you are broke. So, let, you know, let's set the record straight. <laughs> However, purpose is, is not going to be tied to money. Purpose is tied to who you are as a person, what things make, you know, what things make you happy, what things make you fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and those things that really everyone should identify because this life is hard enough. And not have a map or not have a plan, right? I mean, I mean, it's hard enough with a plan and with a map. Yeah, if you absolutely. don't have one, it's almost it's almost impossible. Right. What? What? Uh, you know, you get a lot of. I hear a lot of stories of like guys making the transition from the game and and really struggling. What were there some of those struggles for you? Um, and I, I would imagine you definitely had some struggles, right? Just like everybody. But what? How were you really, really able to carry over success from the NFL, uh, from your football playing days to what you do today? I mean, you're very successful. You got um, the franchise, the restaurant franchises, uh, the, the coaching, and and you're continuing to just like move forward with this game plan in mind. But like, yeah, what what are some of these? Uh, what what do you think is lacking for some people? And I think it's you know it happens in all arenas not just like professional athletes but all areas there's people that really struggle to to make that next step and and others that just seem to be able to continue to move up the escalator like you've been talking about on that journey yeah i think for me um 
when I first retired from the NFL, right, 31 yeah. years old, <laughs> my wife was working, um, you know, as a doctor. So she's in medical school putting in 16-hour weeks. Yeah. And I'm home and I'm golfing every day. And yeah. I'm a really bad golfer, right? You so really did go, go to the golf course? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> on the golf course, you know, I got some adult beverages. Yeah. I'm doing life, man. I'm retired. Yeah. yeah. And, and then I come home one day, my five-year-old, she's looking at my wife, exhausted, going to work with our scrubs on. She's yeah. looking at my dad in shorts, you know, coming yeah. in, you know. And she says, Dad, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> are you out this ring? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And um, it's that thing that really just reset me. Like, man, what am I? Like, my kids don't know. Like, she was two years old when I retired, so she doesn't really have an idea of what I was. Yeah. But for me, this whole thing is then going back to school, getting my MBA from George Washington, and really focusing on what other tools can I learn? Because what got you here is not going to get you there. Mm-hmm. And I had to be willing to say, you know what, I, I really struggle with some things that I've learned in school, but I played for nine years in the NFL, and I just, I just never had to use them. So yeah. I went back to school, kind of sharpened some of the tools in my toolbox, and that led me to be able to uh, get involved. Initially, I was a silent partner of a restaurant chain called Stack Pickle, and then I brought it outright, and I became the CEO. And going back to school really gave me the ability to sharpen some tools in my toolbox and giving me the wherewithal to run the company, understand how to enforce or implement you know, some of the game plans that I want to have or I want to envision for our company. And that's how I've done it, man. Just, just you know, believing in myself, believing in um, the tools that I train to, and, and also being a constant learner. And, and that's the thing, like, I, I, I don't know it all. And I still make a bunch of mistakes. But I, I'm willing to make mistakes, and I'm willing to constantly grow because I recognize, and this is clutch, a lot of people feel fear as the opposite of success, right? I mean, they, they, they view failure as the opposite of success. Yeah, right. They look at it as success and failure. Yeah. But really, failure is on the journey to success. Yeah. And and the, and those people that are successful, those people that figure it out, those people that, that some of us admire, they just fail faster and more often than we did. Mm-hmm. And they recognize and they, and they course correct it. And while we're still stuck in the same spot we are, because, ooh, what if I fail? What if they talk about me on Facebook? Oh, no. What, what if on IG? You know? <laughs> it's like none of, that, none of that matters. Yeah. So right. when, when, you, when you get over yourself, when you get over that, you're not really that much of a big deal. But you're just like, you know what, man? I'm, I'm going to have way more success than failure, and I'm going to lose every ferry as a stepping stone to get me closer to where I want to go. Yeah, how would you see that? Like, you know, that's a big – you know, I, I played football, played college football, and, you know, so I'm a, I'm a big fan, and, and uh, it's like a microcosm of life, right? And so in a game, it's all about adjustments, and, and, and in a way, you know, it's just I'm relating this to what you're talking about. It's like you got these failures, you got these things aren't working out, the game plan is not quite working the way you, you thought it would or you saw it, and, and to be able to adjust on the fly, not panic, not be like, oh, man, like – they just hit us in the mouth and now we got to go home. But no, like, what can we do? How can we take this? How can we react? Like, in your experience, is that what separated some of some of the best as well as just that ability to 
to not see those failures as like they're going to lose the game, but like just an opportunity to make some tweaks and some adjustments to to find a way to win. I think for us, it was it was uh, we use the term short term memory. Okay. Yeah. Because it's it, it's amazing. There's people in general I found when I talk to them, when they think of their peers, when they think of their friends, they typically think of all their successes, everything that's great with them. That that night that she had all the makeup on and wore the high heels, the high heels. <laughs> but then we think about ourselves. We think about when we woke up in the morning and didn't brush our teeth, and we think about the worst version of ourselves. Yeah. And I think even in in, in football, that confidence that when people are on the field and a bad play happen, does that guy just dwell on that bad game, that bad play for the rest of the game? Mm-hmm. Our dogs, you'd be like, man, but last week, the same play, I picked him up the other way. So next time I see that pass, I'm going to course correct. Yeah. And I think it's that level setting constantly and that, and that internal confidence, not arrogance, but confidence in yourself yeah. and your own abilities that's going to tell you, like, nah, man, like, you're pretty badass. Like, like 300 million to one. That was the chances of you being a sperm that got to the egg. Right? <laughs> right, right. So the fact that that happened, you, already, you were born a champion. Yeah. You were born elite. And now your whole life, you're trying to convince yourself, oh, maybe that's not for me. It's mm-hmm. like, no, like you were born a champion. Yeah. Now it's just for you to recognize it and, and act in that gift. Yeah, I love it. What, let's talk about a little bit about vision, like maybe what your vision is. Um, you know, the greatest, right? Tony Dungy, uh, amazing Hall of Fame coach. I'm sure he had a, 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 not only a great vision, but he, the great ones are able to paint the vision and, and the path for the team and the players and everyone that's following as well. So, um, and, and typically, you know, the, the championship leaders, their vision is, is probably not where most are willing to go themselves. And that's the reason they're, they're one of the best. And uh, so for you, yeah, what's, like, what's your vision for, for yourself? You know, let's say even five years from now, franchise owner, um, restaurant owner, business owner, coach, speaker, like impacting people, um, family, like, yeah, what's, what's the vision for you next five years, five, 10 years? Yeah. So, uh, business wise, Stack Pickle, we're at 10, uh, corporate stores that I own four franchises and we're about to close another four, hopefully this week is next. And that will bring us awesome. to eight. So I'm trying to be in position, man, where I have, you know, 60 franchisees underneath my okay. in 50 years. And we'll do that with the success of our others um, that are joining. I think, you know, being able to serve and get some validation from the early franchisees are going to be key. That's business-wise when I want to accomplish there. In the coaches business, uh, GaryBracker.com, we have a course called Champions Academy. And during our course, some of the stuff that we talked about, I want to help people and I want to give them some tools and templates that they can create this life, that they can create their playbook. Because a lot of people, it says it sounds great. Where do I start? Yeah. So I want to give them some starting tools in order to get them, you know, closer to reach their goals and kind of be there to help them out. And when I always view my life, it was this race, um, secretariat. And I think Preakness, um, he, the, the race horse, he yep. had the record for the fastest time right, at the Preakness. And what not only the fastest time, but each quarter length of the race, it was faster than a previous quarter length. Yeah. So when I look at my life, I look at the impact that I want to make. I want it to be more impactful every quarter of my life than it was the previous quarter. Now, how am I going to do that? Well, at some point, I'm not going to be able to do it with myself. 
But the exponential growth of me helping others, aspiring others, growing other leaders, that's how I get there. So that's what the course was really getting me excited because, you know, culture for the last six months, seven months, and really culture my whole life, being yeah. the captain of the team. Right. Like when you talk to someone and you help them discover that aha moment, man, it lights me up. Yeah. Because like, for us, when you're already living in your purpose, when you already recognize who you are, you know, what sets you well, what doesn't, you're, you're, you're good. And you take it for granted that everyone doesn't recognize, everyone doesn't understand that. But when you talk to someone and they get it, they're just like, man, you got a big smile on your face, right? You got a big smile on your heart. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, what I want to do with my coaching career. And then with my family, you know, I'm very active uh, father. So I'm home a lot, uh, coaching my kids, probably a couple more championships. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my wife are extremely competitive. Yeah. Uh, coach uh, my daughter's basketball team, not coach the flag football team. Okay. So, man, I just want to, you know, teach them how to be a champion. And even when we lose, I'm like, when we lose, there's a lesson in it. Yeah. But what I'm not going to let you do is lose and have regrets because you didn't play hard. Yeah. So, you know, my team, you know, I, I tell the parents, if you're going to play for me, man, I only ask one thing, and that's all you got. Yeah. So if they're going to complain, they're going to whine, that's going to be cool with you, but when are on the field with me, I'm, I'm going to get everything out of them. And if you don't yeah. like that, you can go to the league commissioner and ask me <laughs> my team. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know how it goes right now. Yeah, and what well, parents today, man, they're ruthless when it comes to youth sports, but – uh but yeah, that's that's awesome. I love it. Just like give me everything you got. That's all you need to do. And uh, yeah, um, you, you know when you were when you were speaking at a, at the event here just this last weekend, uh, you you said a few things. But I I want to ask a question here. Is like there's oftentimes some turning points in our life, and there's probably more than one, but some significant moments in life where had you chosen to potentially go down the path that most would, would choose to go, right? Maybe they, they, everybody, the masses are going left. Championship leaders, they're willing to, to make the decision and go the path that less traveled that, that most aren't willing to take. Like, is there a moment or two that you can think of that just come to mind? Like, had you gone left, maybe what some would consider the easy decision, instead you, you decided to take a stand and, and turn right instead of left. Um, you could be doing something completely different. You might not have been in the NFL. You might not have won a uh, Super Bowl. You might not uh, own these corporate uh, restaurant chains and, and be expanding like you are and coaching and impacting. Like, is there a moment or two that for you where you decided to make that decision and that stand? Yeah, man, it's a, uh, it's funny, right? To watch, to watch your live again, there's going to be a lot of those moments. Yeah. And I think one thing, reoccurring thing, is you have to show up and give it your all, right? All you got. And yeah. for me, one of the toughest moments was probably um, going through adversity with my family. Mm -hmm. Going my first year in the NFL, I got a call around week seven that my father just passed away. So now I'm 23 years old. I have mm -hmm. to go home and bury my my father. Yeah. Um, six months later, my mother goes in for routine surgery, and she dies on a recovery table. So now I lost my mom and my dad in about a six, seven month span. Yeah. At the same time, my brother, um, who was almost my twin, but he is three years older than me. Okay. Um, he was diagnosed with T-cell neuroblastic leukemia. So for me, even having to go in to give him a bone marrow transplant, um, he, he eventually lost his life a year later. 
So then in the six-month span, I lost my father, my mother, and my brother. And it's all 24 years old at this time, um, wow. second year in the NFL. And it was one of those moments in life where I wanted to quit. Yeah. I had a sister, two brothers at home, about 16 nieces and nephews, and, you know, they were going through it. Yeah. And for me, it was like, man, how selfish am I, you know, winning these games, going out to steak dinners, uh-huh. celebrating, and, and my family's home struggling. And, and I, re- I realized something at that moment, and that was how you honor the dead is how you live your life. Mm. Yeah. And I would be giving, and I would be doing my parents and my brother a huge disservice, everything they sacrificed, everything they, they, they inspired me to be if I was a quit. Yeah. And then by me not quitting, by me, you know, channeling all that energy, going out on the field and, and dominating, becoming the captain, becoming a leader. Um, I mean, I led the league in tackles for a, a, a few seasons, right, until we got to the end and they pulled the starters. Um, yeah. I had the most solo tackles of any player in the Super Bowl against the yeah. Sixers. So, I mean, I had a pretty solid career. And, and, and if I would have decided to quit at that moment, I would have gave everyone else permission. Hey, when things get tough, no matter how much of a champion you are, it's okay to quit. You go forward your hand. And for me, it's just, it's just never okay. It's just never acceptable. So um, I think that's what I really learned. And that was my huge turning point where if I'd have, you know, if I'd have quit, if I'd have, you know, had this, well, it's me, I'm, I'm a victim. Um, life, life shouldn't be this hard. If that was my reality, then, yeah, none of this would be possible. But I think because I was able to push through, because I was able to persevere, I'm able to stand here tall and tell you, like, man, you can get through anything. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, 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 could, it would have been very justifiable to do that too, right? But I just love, like, the only way you could truly honor these people that you cared so much about was to like keep living and not just not just live, but like at the highest level, right? To like, yeah, all, right, all, right. All, all I'm asking is all you got, right? <laughs> not much. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give you mine. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah, I, um, yeah. Thank you. Um, well, let's we can close the time here, and I know you got some things uh, to get to. I w- uh, what are one or one or two things that you could leave with with the uh, the guests, the audiences, uh, listening in, entrepreneurs, people that just want to get a little bit better inside of their life every single day? Yeah, what would be one or two uh, pieces of advice you could give them to live by? Yeah, I think so. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, and after the name of the show, Championship Leadership. The one thing I've kind of learned <clears throat> as a champion leader is the goal is not to create more followers. Your goal is to create more leaders. Hmm. So the goal is not to create more followers. The yeah. goal is to create more leaders. And so I many people that. get misconstrued when they get into a position of power that, hey, everyone, follow me. Mm-hmm. And when, you're in that, when you go down that route, it just gets extremely difficult. Yeah. Because then people are always waiting for your command. Right. And I think what the great people do is say, hey, this is how you lead. Yeah. And when I'm gone, this is what you do. And this is why we do things the way we do it. So in that position, you have a, you get an organization of, of leaders, of people that can step up to the challenge. Then it just becomes this amazing, powerful 
organization. And, and for me in my life, it's just like, man, I want to teach you how to lead. And everyone's like, man, are you going to share all your secrets? Right? In my Chambers Academy, I'm sharing all my secrets, everything I know, everything I've been through, good, bad, ugly, different. And then yeah. like, you don't give everything, you don't give everybody everything. And for me, it doesn't matter that I'm giving you everything. One, I want you to be, become, uh, become a leader. But the second thing, like, like in a week from now, I'm going to be so much stronger and wiser than I was last week. Yeah, right. Uh, three, a month from now, I'm going to have three or four books that I read, you know, another uh, five hours of podcasts, yeah. another eight powerful conversations with leaders. Yeah. So all this stuff is like in my memory bank. So I'm never afraid to give up my advice or my wisdom because it's always going to grow. And I think so many leaders are stuck because they're like, man, well, what if I teach them to lead and they take my job? Yeah. Like, well, if you leave from the front and you're always learning and growing, you don't have that problem. But that's what I I mean, that's, that is like, cause I always ask like, what's championship leadership to you? And like, I think that right there is the definition of a championship leader. Like you no scarcity. Like we, I, I can only go as far as, is, is leaders that, that are, that are with us, that are with me, that are pushing us, like pushing me, we're pushing each other and we're all just like going to one place versus just building a bunch of followers. I love that. That's, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Thank you. What, uh, what are a few ways that, that people can, can find about, um, your coaching program, uh, follow you, um, yeah, consume you and your content and your incredible message. Yeah, so GaryBracket.com is my website. You can go on there to work with me. Championship Academy is on there. You can sign up. The course is now open. Um, also, Instagram, uh, Gary Bracket, Twitter, Gary Bracket, and also been doing a, um, a bunch of speaking engagements. I um, allocate uh, three to four speaking engagements um, a month that I wanted to do with my schedule. So I'm also taking requests on my website at GaryBrecker.com. So I love to share with your organization or, or, or I love to, you know, share my wisdom with you uh, through a coaching program. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate you uh, coming on and taking some time, man. Thank you so much. Man, thanks for having me. Let's in 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't all right. I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera. I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable. From my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriage, it's never been better than this. And we got three kids, that's who I do it for. I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way, cause I'm a firm believer. We can do anything we want. If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it. Consider it Consider it done. If you need some inspiration, you should play this championship leadership podcast. Hey, babe.